1: Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 930 AM on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Praise be the most holy name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, now and forever. Do not destroy, and do not be afraid. Do not destroy as an invitation to other people on earth to look around you and you see the amount of destruction, the amount of hate, the amount of problems that there is happening today in the world. And um, I just ask you to use your free will not to destroy, but to build. Not to divide, but to gather. Not to lead people to a culture of death, to a culture and civilization of lies. But instead to walk with the people towards life, towards something that is good towards the truth in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the first message. And the second message, uh, do not fear, do not be afraid. You know, there is in the Bible about 365 times where the Bible tells us between the Old and the New Testament, do not fear, be not afraid, do not be afraid. And of course, in all of these messages, we see that for every day the Lord is encouraging us to go for one more day. Today, we want to pray with you for many intentions. We want to pray for the intentions of uh, the people in the U.S. Many people have asked us to pray for them. Um, specifically, a father of the family suffering from cancer in the fourth stage um, somewhere in Colorado. We wanted to know who are in our prayers, and we have offered mass for your intention of healing today in one of the beautiful mountain villages in Lebanon. Um, and also, want to pray for a family who lost. Uh, um, the part of um, a, a wonderful and big properties house and building where they used to do uh, whole events um, it actually got burned and there's severe damage we want to pray for those people to uh, recover very quickly so they can continue their ministry and receiving people on their property. We want to pray for the many people here in Lebanon who are committing suicide. Today right before the show is recorded. another person left a will on Facebook as a matter of fact like some 20 some years old um, man and um, and unfortunately and um, took matters in his own hands by killing himself so do not destroy even the life that is in you despite all the depression the oppressive regimes that we see around all the bad news that we see around we want to um, encourage you that our prayer today is for hope our prayer today is for mercy we want to pray also for peace in the United States as we come and draw nearer and closer more and more to a time in which we are destined uh, to elect state officials or city officials or to run um, presidential elections in the U.S. And for our current government as well, with our current president, that um, those people make decisions that are in accord with the will of God. It is important for leaders on earth to understand that they are stewards, not owners. They are servants, not the kings and queens of the earth. I think if we were to push democracy all the way to its end, we know the leader represents the people, yet there is the saying in Latin, Vox Populi, Vox Dei, the voice of the people is the voice of God, and Vox Dei, Vox Populi, the voice of God comes and resonates through the voice of the people. It is important that our public servants would understand that in the midst of all of that, they have been given a gift to lead, but not to own A gift to lead the people to understand and uh, to practice more. The natural law that was inched in our hearts by God himself. We go to the law of um, the Bible, the Ten Commandments. We go to the human laws that we see. Every law that aims to give life to the people, to organize neighbors' relationships, to organize nations and build nations, and to organize relationships on an international level. For all of these aspects of uh, um, connectivity between the people, we want to pray today. We want to pray also for the people in Lebanon, for the victims of war, for the victims of famine, for the victims um, who are uh, sick and don't have medication, uh, who are poor and don't have a means to find food. We want to pray for the safety and thanksgiving. Today we have a special guest with us, uh, uh, one of the local leaders of the civil defense movement in Biblos, who were the very first team basically out of 24 countries who were doing relief efforts, um, um, rescue missions uh, to save victims and to gather, unfortunately, the dead bodies of the people um, inside Turkey. They were the very first team to arrive as volunteers uh, from Lebanon. And this uh, team, uh, we ourselves in the Mission of Mercy had supported in the previous year um, by supporting many things. We want to pray for the safety of those people as well, who put their lives, their assets, their belongings, their charismas their talents and sometimes with their own bodies with their own life they put it all in order to save others it's a sign of the greatest love for there is no greater love than the love of the one who laid down their life in order to save the life of others for all of these intentions i ask our listeners to turn to psalm 57 to psalm 57 we want to pray together and uh, with psalm 57 we will dedicate this psalm Uh, for the sake of all the people who dream and desire the peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let us pray. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God, Most High, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me. Rebuke in those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love in his faith and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Amen. Dr. Susan Childress, um, one of our volunteer doctors from the U.S., came along with Dr. Examora, and both of them were here to make an assessment about uh, how to, we help the Lebanese people and the type of things we could do to assist with the victim rescue mission, I would say, for our friends in Syria and, if possible, inside Turkey. Dr. Spuzin was here to um, seek updates, developments, and they saw some initiatives that they could be taken. They saw many things on the ground and um, I am forward to see what priorities at this point they think must be in order to help the people of Lebanon and the victims inside the devastated areas by the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Dr. Susan, good morning to you. Good morning, God. So you saw some initiatives or you thought about some initiatives. You heard bishops talking. uh, We're going to hear from the Civil Defense Movement in a little bit. You met with many agencies. Um, What do you think, first of all, what is your assessment of what happened in Syria, Turkey, and Lebanon with this sort of earthquake
2: the earthquake, um, as far as what the, the needs are that the Mission of Pope and Mercy can can help with at this time, my understanding from speaking with the the Bishop of Um, of Vail, um Bishop Bone, is that the needs are for for housing. So many people lost their homes, and they also lost their businesses, and so the assistant. Uh, that um the mission can best provide at this time, would be assistance rental assistance, so people can live somewhere while they recover their homes and, and recover their businesses um we'll be held in two dioceses um one is Aleppo in Syria, and the other one is the Lep- they were they were hit hard by the earthquake had many families affected, and those are the two um bishops that have um Will be assisting through Bishop Iom here in Jubail,
1: Jacqueline. Um, welcome to the show again. We thought that two dioceses, in area, like the many, many people who were affected by the earthquake. First, first of all, the earthquake affected about between 23 to 25 million people. 12 million people were directly hit by the earthquake, and we've had ever since February sixth till today over 3,000 aftershocks. Many of them were felt in Lebanon, leaving us great anxieties. And uh, about a million point, four, million point four children, million point four hundred thousand children uh, were also affected and considered mainly victims uh, by this earthquake. Over 70,000 people already pronounced dead, and uh, hundreds of thousands of people injured. We thought the food was a priority when we asked it, it seems, uh, and the medical, it seems the food and the medical were priority. We discovered that is something else. Can you tell us why? And What is the priority according?
3: Uh, Father, according to, to, the, to what happened in Turkey, the main priority is to to get homes for this uh, for these people. They don't have homes. They don't have a shelter. Uh, I, I saw uh, articles from BBC News. They're saying in one room, in one school school room, where there is more than families living inside that very small room. So this is uh, this is a very dangerous danger. For the for the health issues, for uh, the, for uh, for health health issues mainly, and so they are not able to shower, they are not able
1: to hygiene. Have uh, COVID yeah, is still yeah, making yeah, around. Uh, Call now. Yeah, yeah, so
3: very 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 risky. Father, these people they need shelter. They need they need any sort of home stance, anything to move in then they till they then their homes are. Uh, and peak issues.
1: so what is to losses in as far as when it comes to financial losses be yeah. Syria yeah. um how much is it in financial losses what is earthquake cause yes. in financial loss do we know
3: yes, it cost a one billion dollar which of seventy point eight billion dollars is for house weather itself in so
1: housing by themselves for yes. over seventy point eight billion dollars
3: yes. With the last the more uh, for national income at ten point four billion dollars and lost working days at two point nine one ninety one billion dollars.
1: So this is almost like seven years of national income for Turkey alone. They need to make up to make up for seventy billion dollars. Eight years to make up for eighty billion dollars. Uh, it's almost that country that is broke now. Basically, that's the country that is it's um, a failed state in in one way. It's bankrupt. It's bankrupt. Just like so. That's another country is bankrupt. Lebanon is bankrupt and it's a failed day. Syria there is huge inflation. All the surrounding around Lebanon it's a human bomb. We're going to need a lot of time to be able to recover. And it to recover. So there is a responsibility for the United States, Dr. Shul. There is a responsibility for us people in the United States if we want to live in a world that is ecologically balanced. Humanly speaking, we cannot fail the people in the Middle East. And I know with uh, your help and Dr. Jack and many people, and the donors in the US for the Mission of Open Mercy, we have pledged something. or we, 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 we There is something we could do. When well, we look at the number $80 billion, we look at the number that we could do for the diocese in Aleppo, the diocese in Latakia, to alleviate a little bit of the suffering of these people, what what is our our, our goal is to raise
2: seventy five thousand dollars to send to the get through the bishop of Shabelle Bishop to send to the bishops in Aleppo and Latakia to assist with this housing catastrophe. So, um so that's our goal, and to release it as quickly as possible to provide the emergency needs that people
1: need. On uh, February fifth, it was a Sunday. We slept that night. February sixth was a Monday. Uh, 3 a.m., and um, I woke up. I, I had just had my surgery, my my surgery myself. And um, eventually, I did sleep a lot because I was using restroom many, 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 many times. And uh, so before the earthquake was up, and um, around 3.17 a.m., the entire building shook. I literally, I was run outside the building, and I see other buildings shaking around. But the scary part is that it was a... And night wind was over hundred ten kilometers. There were falling from the sky There was tons of over four meters of snow dumps in night in Lebanon and then, and um, the rest of it is just history. Um, Mikey, you in the civil defense movement. When did you get to Turkey and how many volunteers went? To and where did you guys go? We went to
4: Turkey. We went to Turkey, that Kahar from We were
1: 71 volunteers from Lebanon, all of us professionals made of the uh, civil defense movement and uh, the Lebanese militaries. The region where we went first, where we landed, is an area that is 1,200 meters above sea level, that is probably about 4,000 feet above, uh, or 3,000 feet above, almost. The entire region was completely destroyed.
4: And
1: also the people were internally displaced, the people, complete displacement of people was happening, people were leaving and we were
4: in. When
1: we first arrived at Turkey, the temperature was at
4: 64 degrees.
1: It was big what are those Lebanese rescuers coming to do? You guys were first rescuers, I guess, as foreigners to arrive out of 24 countries. How did this make you feel? Oh, when we saw the we got to the region of Marash, which is not far from the epicenter, right? It's not from the epicenter of the earthquake. It was a total devastation, a total devastation. <laughs> Spain, France. countries started making it, Spain and France and Italy, they started dividing the groups, and sending the
4: areas. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, and um, in the region, there is a geopolitical problem. The Turks and the Kurds, the Turks and um, I want to, I want to, introduce a Michael, you know, um, the Kurds are people without a nation. There is about 30 million Kurds in the world. Um, about um, 10 million of them, they live inside um, uh, northern Iraq, and they have Kurdistan, Iraq, now you hear about. And the rest of them, about 20 million, are between Syria and Turkey. And they are a floating population, actually, without any leadership. And these are the people who, on the northern borders of Syria and the southern border of Turkey, end up either being slaughtered or they end up being in a war situation between the Turks, the Syrian government, and the Kurds who are not in northern Iraq, Kurdistan in Iraq. Their famous city in Iraq is Yil. And during uh, the ISIS uh, uh, time um, in in northern Iraq, the Kurds were actually facing ISIS in many instances and many places. They were in a fight. Um, with, uh, with, with, with ISIS and also they were in fight with um, t- the Turkish people, the government I would say. So politically uh, this area is so divided this area is also apostolic see of the Antiochian church. It's the very first community in the whole world the disciples of Jesus Christ were first called Christians So this is literally the only area in Turkey where there is a coexistence, pluralism political heat between uh, different ethnicities um, and between different religious groups. And this is the area where in 1915, over a million and a half Armenian people and 750,000 Syriac people and 500,000 Orthodox people were driven out and they were killed um, in in a huge massacre series uh, that the United States finally came to recognize the Armenian Genocide. All of these incidents happened in that particular area, actually, in northern Syria, northern Turkey, um, that is today, was hit by this huge natural disaster, this earthquake of February 6th. Mikey can give a little bit of the background so people know in the U.S. how important your rescue mission has been. So you guys were assigned to go to the Kurdish area, to the Kurds area, because they speak Arabic as well, right? And the rescue mission happened. When they saw us as a Lebanese people, Lebanese rescuers, coming to them, they got comfortable. They were relieved a little bit. So they gave us a school. We took school as our deporter. And
4: we formed
1: a um, crisis um, team, crisis management team. We gathered all of our tools, uh, um, and we started giving ourselves for each group to go to a specific geographic area within the district in which we were
4: sitting.
1: And on a building where they gave us as a head for our crisis, we actually put the Lebanese flag on the school, on the building, so they know that this is, these are the viewers who came from
4: Lebanon.
1: After we arrived seven days later, family members started arriving to our center when they saw our flag. And they were asking for their child, who is uh, 14 years old and lost, cannot be found. So we left our team and we started intervening and we went to a rescue mission to search for that little boy.
4: And
1: in fact, we were able to save that little child and that was the first street in which we started saving other lives as well. Um, Michael, how many people were dead in your region, to your knowledge? we cannot actually allow to give a number the government. we are not allowed to give a number of how many people rescued whether dead or whether alive but uh, how many people who rescued that they were uh, dead or alive we had to hand them over to our authorities can you say there were many or few at least many, many, there were many, many and um, when Dr. Susan visited you in the center I remember you made a comment that when you guys were there, you were thinking back home about
4: Why?
1: We were worried that we were thinking while we were rescuing people there, and the amount of death we saw. Um, we got a little bit emotional, thinking, what if one of these earthquakes hit Lebanon? What would happen to us and to our families while we are rescuing strangers um, in different land? It's going to rescue our people in Lebanon for how much devastation we have. Um, uh, thank you, my well, Dr. Susan, um, I want to get back to you in a few minutes that, that, that are left. Um, you met the fire uh, department people. Uh, you went to the third floor. Um, they gave you a nice presentation. Did you find it? No, that a fire department is located on the third floor. They have to take a staircase, no elevator. Uh, you didn't see probably the, that, that thing that they usually hang down from and go to their to their cars or to their ambulances. Uh, how did that shield? the
2: ambulances? I mean the, the fire trucks weren't there right at this place. They have to actually walk to get to the fire trucks. It's in a different area. Um it, it just I mean I I I think from their perspective and really from our perspective too, it's not the, the best location. It's not the the rapidest response that you have if you have to go downstairs and, and go a little bit across town to get to your fire truck to Go rescue somebody. So um, so we talked about a change here in Rashid.
1: So um, we have many projects. There's something that the fire department, let's say, um, earlier this week, you met the school of the Holy Shani. You met with the bishop, the superior general of um, the religious order who came and told you, I suppose, they had to go. So Catholic schools in Lebanon are actually closing. And today we have confirmation, unfortunately, from the superior general one of the largest female religious orders in the country that was telling us, thank you as a mission of Hope and Mercy for what you're doing um, in less than a minute. Um, what is the wish list we want to let Americans know about so they can help us best in our efforts? Back-
2: Actually, just one quick thing, if I have time, is to say that the mission of Hope and Mercy had, had helped this department that we're talking about a year ago. We had helped them with their equipment And that I feel like in many ways we were able to to assist them and enter up to Turkey. And so that's the impact that the mission has, is that we help and believe that can make a difference. The other ways that that we can help now, we ask for people to pray for the situation here in Lebanon. We ask for people to donate their their funds, donate money to help us to provide immediate needs. And, And our plans are to actually consider ways to make, real differences, what's the most strategic way to change things so that they can have the biggest impact and make the biggest difference in the future. So that's the, the idea, change the policies, change the strategies, work with some of the brightest minds Lebanon and weapon on it and figure out how to, to make this the place that it should be. We, we typically um, give between $200,000 and $300,000 to our effort. In Lebanon, and we would like to triple that dollars uh, for the next few years um, to sort of that's our goal is to really be able to provide some real change, some real um, emergency um, aid, but real change to, to, to restore life here.
0: Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today and join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre.